The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Unbelievable. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to the super special 50th episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everybody. I'm Dan Alamano, the Noise of the North, recording this portion of the podcast down in sunny Orlando, Florida. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Lead Wake, makers of premium wake bags to enhance your wakeboard or wake surf experience. The bags contain 100% recycled stainless steel shot and can be easily moved around your boat without scratching surfaces or tearing up the vinyl to help clean and shape up the wake, distributing a little extra weight where needed. Check them out online at leadwake.com and be sure to listen all the way through today's episode for info on a special promotion we're doing over the next few weeks, giving you guys the opportunity to win 500 pounds of lead wake bags shipped to your home. I'm really excited for today's episode as I had a chance to sit down and chat with a man who will no doubt go down in the history books of wakeboarding as one of the all-time greats in wake park and just all around wakeboard riding, both free ride and contests. The Freak, The Raven, James Dean, a.k.a. Raphael Jerome is my guest, and we recorded this episode from my hotel room in South Korea during the Malibu Boats WWA Soul Pro, which was stop number two of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series, which happened earlier this last summer. This was a totally unscripted conversation, and although some, including Raph himself, may say or think the man doesn't have much to say, well... I think he really opened up on this one, given some great insight as well as some personal opinions and a whole lot of just really insightful stuff. Raph's primary language of communication is French, but his English is pretty good. Way better than my French, of course, but regardless, I think this episode will really give you guys a chance to find out some things you may have never known about the multi-talented French-Canadian wakeboard athlete. We'll get to Raph in a few moments, but first I want to break down the last couple of weeks as I've been continuing to host and announce events. So since the last episode, I've done some pretty cool stuff. We had Surf Expo the second weekend in September. As always, it was uh, right here in Orlando, Florida. The actual expo, it's pretty cool. It's got all the manufacturers showcasing and releasing product for next year. And everyone is there, from all the riders to shop owners to shop employees and even some enthusiasts who are creative enough to find their way into the expo, sneak inside, and uh, have the chance to check it out and mingle. For the second year in a row, my surf expo started with me hosting the induction ceremony 
for this year's class into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Names like Sean Murray, Gator, or Eric Lutgert, as he's properly known as, and Darren Shapiro, Dean Lavelle, and a few more were honored this year as the ceremony originated out of the Alliance Wake booth inside Surfax Bow. I won't go into full details as I actually had the opportunity to record audio with all the inductees, and I will be releasing that as a proper episode of the Golden Mike podcast with all those interviews a little bit later on this year. That night, I was also honored to host Wakeboarding Magazine's Wake Awards for my fifth straight year in a row, but I believe it was the 13th annual WAs, and I'm trying to remember, but I'm having a little bit of trouble right now. I think that I've pretty much been to every single ceremony since it started. I can't remember. Hmm, doesn't really matter. This year was ultra special, though. We surprised the crowd and snuck Brad Smela in. We brought him in through the back door. Nobody had any clue that he was there. He and myself hosted the entire ceremony. It was pretty awesome. We kept Brad being there a secret to everybody, including some of his best friends. Only a couple of the organizers and myself knew that he would be there. I introduced Brad to the stage at the beginning of the show, and we had some theatrics behind it all, and we had some smoke. Of course, there was the ramp that, that raised up and brought Brad onto stage. The crowd erupted pretty much like I've never seen before. The ovation was absolutely insane. B-Rad delivered an amazing speech. It was pretty emotional, but it was seriously one of the most memorable moments of my career. You can actually go to the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page and you can check out the link, which I posted from wakeboardingmagazine.com. You can relive the moment and the entire speech. And while Brad was in town, we also recorded another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast. And if you guys remember back to episode number eight of the Golden Mike Podcast a couple of years ago, uh, well, just about two weeks before Brad's injury, him and I sat down and we had a really, really good conversation. And of course, you guys can check that out at noiseofthenorth.com. But I'm really excited to release that episode with Brad Smale, and that's going to be coming out before the end of 2016, so be sure to watch out for that. Aside from that, Surf Expo was pretty fun. Caught up with tons of great people, saw some cool products, and watched some great new video edits over at the Alliance booth during their beers and premieres event that they hold every year. The wakeboard industry seems to be pretty good right now, and all in all, just another great year. So I had a couple of days off right after Surf Expo, and uh, then I packed up my car, and I actually drove up to the Florida-Alabama borderline for the 2016 USA Wakeboard Collegiate National Championships. It was my first time announcing Collegiate Nationals, and tell you what, I had a blast, and I was absolutely impressed with what I saw. There was 15 wake teams from all around the U.S. Each team consisted of about seven riders each, battling it out not just for individual, but for overall titles. Uh, We had a live webcast. My good friend Bobby Sutherland put that webcast on. It was really, really awesome. Saw some impressive action. All kinds of riders from novice and beginners all the way to outlaw athletes represented at Collegiate Nationals. I was really stoked to be a part of the event, and uh, hopefully I can get back out for the USA Wakeboard Collegiate National Championships in 2017. 
And before we get into the interview, I want to remind y'all, the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you free twice monthly and is always available online at noiseofthenorth.com. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, Deck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, Go Puck, Hungry Boards, SUP, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, and C4 Belts. If you don't already, please follow me, tag me, tweet me on social media, Instagram at Dano T. Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike, and be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Plus, you guys can always reach me through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. On to today's audio montage, which is brought to you by Malibu Boats. Go to malibuboats.com and check out the all-new redesigned 22 and 24 MXZs. From the hole to above the rub rail, this is a whole new boat. It's a whole new experience. Versatility is key with this one, and trust me when I say that this is the perfect boat for the entire family, perfect for the entire lake. From wakeboarding to wake surfing, the 22 and 24 MXZ will cover all aspects of towed water sports and will never disappoint you again. The MXZ and the rest of the Malibu line is available at MalibuBoats.com for you guys to check out. Today's montage is from stop one of the 2016 Malibu Evolution Pro Series. The event was held just outside of Reno, Nevada at Sparks Marine Park. The contest consisted of wake surfing and wakeboarding. And my guest today, Rafterome, well, he won the main event. All right, guys, we'll have a listen to this audio montage from the Malibu WWA Sparks Pro. And then I'll be right back with Rafterome. Right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm Stacia Bain. I'm Raya Walker. Oh, g'day, mate. I'm Dean Smith. I'm Melissa Marquette. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Johnny Steig. We're here in Sparks, Nevada for the uh, first stop of Malibu Boats Evolution Pro. Two-time U.S. National Champion, two-time World Champion, Ashley Kidd. Feels pretty amazing. Um, the event's great. It's awesome that they put wake surfing combined with wakeboarding it's a great event um, i couldn't ask for anything else the conditions are perfect it's smooth the wave's good couldn't get any better than this the winner of the skim division here at the first stop of the malibu boats evolution pro series aaron witherell aaron how does it feel to take this win oh it feels so good there's so many contests every year and so many good guys at the contest it feels good to get up on top and beat everyone good conditions and it's great. The winner of Women's Skim, Jody Grassman. I'm pretty stoked. I was really excited when I won my uh, last competition in Houston. And just to take another one, I'm super stoked on it. Um, every single girl that rode this weekend has absolutely killed it. And I have so much fun riding with them. And we all get along and have fun. And the conditions out here are great, super glassy, no clouds, super sunny. So I'm just glad to be here. Parker Payne. Uh, the Evolution Pro Series is pretty awesome. Now they're dividing the divisions instead of combining them. So it really gives the riders a chance to show both of their talents on each board. How do you feel about your win? Uh, I feel pretty stoked. Uh, it really feels good to be on top again. Nicola Butler. Nicola, what was kind of going through your mind out there? Uh, yeah, that was just crazy. I mean, uh, the conditions out here are so perfect. The wake was absolutely huge. 
And I think that was just kind of in my head. I just fell on a simple trick that I wasn't even, you know, really thinking about and just had a bobble and ended up going down on a indie scarecrow. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of sitting in the water and I knew Amber and Tara had thrown down and that uh, to get up and just kind of like put in work and yeah, worked out. The executive director of the WWA, Corey Wilson. Corey, how do you feel about the outcome of the entire uh, contest? We couldn't have asked for better conditions all weekend long. I think everybody would agree with that. We had uh, the best wake surfers out here, the best wakeboarders, some new faces on the podium, and it just made for a great weekend. Rap, Jerome, and Rap, were you feeling a lot of pressure out there in today's uh, final with, with the field? No, I wasn't feeling pressure. I was just, I wanted to ride good, and I had fun. Like, all, all the runs I did before just felt really good, and it wasn't too windy. The wake was really, really good. And, um, Honestly, I had no intentions of winning, like, which is kind of weird, but I, like, I was just focused on my run, and I just felt like, you know, Daddy's a beast, and Corey and these guys are so good. Like, I was just thinking, let's do your run, and let the judges decide. We'll see you after. Can we expect to see you in more boat events this year? Well, I'm going to do all the Malibu series, so I'm going to do the one in Korea, and then I'm going to do the one in uh, Cancun. So these are the two ones for now, but who knows, maybe I'll start liking boat contests a lot more, or maybe not, so I don't have any plans right now. All right, Raph, thanks a ton, man. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, well, if, if you don't know you, yeah. you kind of can come across as yeah. a guy who is uh, pretty intense and very, very serious and uh, focused on certain things, and yeah. I think... I think Rathy's like that too, but you have a mm -hmm. you have a goofy side to you too. Mm -hmm. you like to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, you got to dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've you've certainly come out of your shell a little bit, right? Yeah, over time, like long term. I'm definitely a long term guy, not a short term uh, relationship guy. So on the short term, I'm probably not very interesting and very fun to hang out with. But I guess over time, I. I don't know, I, I get comfortable and I open up more, and I, I don't know. Yeah, Especially in English, I think it doesn't help, like the language barrier. There, there is one for me, like a little bit, but over time, like I just forget it. it. But where you grew up, it wasn't a lot of English being spoke. I was in your hometown yeah. recently and yeah. I went to go and order food at, uh, uh, where, where did I go, Grandma's? Grandma's restaurant? Yeah, well, yeah, okay, so my, my town where I'm from, Kotodzlak, is like pretty much 45 minutes around that town is all French. And when, and I say 45 minutes, cause at 45 minutes you get, you get Montreal, which is probably, I would say like 70% English, 30 French. So when I'm in Montreal, I'll speak a tiny little bit of, of English, but mostly I'm always, you know, hanging out, hanging around, uh, um, like around Cotoslac. So speak French a lot and, so during the summer, I lose a lot of my English. During the summer, like I, I, my my French is is good and my English is terrible. So when I call like some of my friends from the states, they're pretty. <laughs> they think I speak like horrible. My English is really bad. But you know, the more time I spend in the states, the better it gets. Obviously. Are you are you kind of an introverted guy? You like to be by yourself a lot, or? Um. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like I think people qualify me that way, but. I'm kind of always surprised by the fact that people qualify me that way all the time because I don't notice it at all. Like I don't, I don't look at myself and like, oh, like I'm super introverted. Or sometimes people are like, oh, you don't talk much, but I feel like I, I talk a lot. And but 
I guess I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll listen to the people if that's what they say. Yeah, that's what maybe, I am. Yeah, well, maybe you like to, you know, speak French more so that mm-hmm. you don't have to speak to everybody, you know? You're saying when I'm in here? Like yeah, when like when you're town? hanging out with the yeah. whole crew, you know, yeah. when you're in America. Or, but yeah. we're actually, we're not even in America right now. Yeah, Korea. But yeah, I don't have many people to talk French with, though. I only have Ollie I can talk to in French and... He's been pretty busy here. Uh, earlier today, we'll, we're here for the Malibu event, yeah. and uh, earlier during the ceremonies, they had that uh, they had the the guy. He's like an American guy, but he's lived here for twenty years, and mm-hmm. it's like when they when they're speaking Korean, it's like so exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Japanese the same way, but yeah, kind of have to. I don't know. He's a, he's a guy. He's on the mic. It's got to be. He's got to pump up the crowd. He wasn't on the mic yet. He's going to be on the mic. Well, he's he, going to be he was today day. for for that show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, he's gonna he's yeah. gonna work with me for finals. So okay. I'm excited about that because I feel. Well, I don't know. I, I feel. I kind of feel like I did last week at your. We were at your uh, your house for your parents' place, your home lake for an event, and it seemed like a lot of people there were French speakers, and they mm-hmm. may not have understood what I was saying. Yeah, but I think if you go, like, in Europe or even back home, like, people think English is cool, and they, like, Amer- America is, like, I don't know, for some reason, everyone's like, oh, America's cool, like, it's it's like the real deal, it's the, you know what I mean? And it, it feels more professional, it feels more, like, official, you know? So I'm sure, like, all the kids on the dock were a lot more pumped to go ride when they were hearing like Dano like because that's you know it's the voice when we go to nationals or worlds or whatever so they felt probably like it was you know a bigger contest because it was you and English on the on the mic I think so yeah. that's good and I sometimes I feel like maybe they just all they want to do is they just want to hear me go oh yeah <laughs> or unbelievable yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah I'm sure boat worlds is coming mm-hmm. up and uh, it's going to be in Canada, and it's going to be in Toronto, which isn't too far from where you're at. Mm-hmm. Any chance that you're going to ride in that? or? Um, yeah, it's like a five-hour drive. I, I was planning to go, but um, it's uh, the Wait the Line weekend, actually. So I'm flying to Germany Wednesday, so I'm not going to be in town. But it's a good uh, it's a good excuse not to go. Wait the Line is like the—I mean, it used to be the biggest cable event there was. I'm not sure if it's—like, it's, it's still called Wait the Line, but I don't feel like it's— the same the same event just because it's not the same riders and it's like a different i don't know it's not organized the same way and um the good news is that it's back you know it's been gone for two years so it's cool to have it back and um the setup looks really really good and you know it's like the it's, it's a really good con- contest because everyone's going to see it they have a really good and, um like they filmed the event and put it on the web that they're good at pushing the the, the media out so it's good for the sport and yeah, it's going to be fun. Wake the Line, that's like one of those events where it's it's a, a two-tower event, but they do it in a pool. Yeah, it's like three pools in a, it's like in a park or I don't know, it's like a public pool pretty much. There's three of them and so in between every gap of the pools, they put a, you know, some, some obstacles, some rails and it's pretty cool. But what about the, the, the crowd? Because it seems like the crowd is right there on yeah. you. Yeah, they have a lot of people there. I'm not sure how many. Um I think it's definitely over five thousand, if I'm not mistaken, which which is pretty good. Um, it's so it's super packed and the crowd's super into it. And this year, the way they made it also is like um, the people were paying like quite a bit of money to be there. Like and people were buying tickets, buying buying tickets, and they I think these guys were voting for whoever they wanted to to see ride. I heard there was some uh, controversy. with Yeah, that. there was, but I didn't really follow it. I wasn't I wasn't into it really. Like I didn't. 
there was a lot of controversy about you know who was gonna make it or not but i was pretty lucky to be you know like in the top four i think i finished fourth so you were voted in so i was voted in like pretty early so i didn't I didn't really pay any attention to it. I was like, oh, I guess I'll be in it. And so, like, what what was the controversy? People are just... Well, it's giant. just because, yeah, some writers are, you know, a lot of people, had, some people have more money than others, so some people were buying themselves a lot of votes, and parents were paying a lot of money for their kids to be there, and, like, some people heard about it and complained, and yeah, a lot of people weren't happy. Like, Henshaw was, wasn't happy about it. Brenton wasn't happy about it. But I think we all talked about it with the organizers and figured it out. But So are the right people going to be, like, the... Yeah, I mean, I think the, the most of the people will be there, but a lot of writers... Um, I think there's eight Germans and eight international. And, I mean, I'm sure the the Germans are really good. I just... No one, no one knows them yet. But it's still going to be a really good contest. It's just, I think... Um, a lot of the international writers were, were bummed because they're not going to get the chance to ride Wake the Line, which is, you know, one of the best contests there is. So th- it seems like for a while, two tower contests were starting to pop up, and it seems yeah. like they've kind of, I don't know, I, I mean, I, maybe I just don't see it as much, but You're right. I, what's what's been happening with that? Why isn't it, why aren't there as many two tower contests right now? I'm not sure, um, but you're right. What you, what you said there was a lot more before, and it kind of died down slowly. Um, not sure. I felt like it was going good, and that's probably just a question of sponsors and the industry and the economy right now. It's not going super well, so yeah, I think that's what it is. The economy and the the sponsors are not supporting it anymore. They're shifting, you know, their marketing and pushing their money in somewhere else, I think, sometimes. So. Where are they pushing the money? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it's probably not in board sports or in extreme sports. You know, they're probably pushing it. In, if it's in sports, probably more mainstream. That's what I'm thinking. You sure. know, a lot of surf companies were supporting us, and now they're probably focusing just more on, on surf and skate or just mainly surf. Like, you know, like a lot of companies are, are – I don't know if they're struggling, but they're definitely not uh, – you know, throwing money out the window. So right, everyone's being careful, and they should. Yeah, well, absolutely. And yeah. you know, as I think, as athletes, also maybe mm-hmm. uh, guys need to s- step up, perhaps yeah. as well. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a big. Yeah, I mean, it, I agree, but it's just hard to pinpoint. You know exactly what it is, but obviously, I think a, a, a lot of us um, need to make sure we push the sport and help bring in more sponsors and more people supporting the sport but how do you think how do you think you can do that i mean okay one thing is to be a great athlete but yeah. what else is there above being a great athlete um a, a great rider yeah i mean obviously you gotta you want to but to me i mean there's many ways to do it like i think as long as you're able to create attention and inspire people which translates events eventually in sales you know but I, I'm not trying to see it too much as sales and business and numbers because then it kind of ruins it. And if you're trying too much to be, you know, like a a poster board to sell boards and make more money at some point, you're kind of losing yourself. I think, like, it's hard to... I think you kind of lose your personality because you try to be something and something that you're not. And if everyone does that, then everyone's pretty similar and everyone's kind of a sellout, so... I think what what matters is trying to be is being able to be yourself and and I think through that like whether it is like being that poster boy if that's what you are because a lot of people are you know that's how they are natural or if it's you know like myself if if I don't think I can a great the best poster boy there is 
but I think like if I'm able to do something that people that people like, people will follow that, and they can be inspired, and I can influence some ki- some people, some kids, and I mean that translates into sales too. So it's just a different a different way to do it. But I think what really matters is do something that people can notice, and because really that's what I that's that's what I like the most. That's what pushes me is to try to do. Um, do something first, you know, that passionates me, there's something that pushes me and stuff, but I think it's really cool if you're able to uh, influence other people. And like, I love being influenced or I love being uh, inspired. Yeah. So like, who, who, okay, so who inspires you? Um, it, okay. Too many people, it's too hard. Like so many people, I'm inspired every day. I'm inspired all the time. Obviously. Are you inspired by other wakeboarders? Maybe not all the time, but. Um, are you inspired from people? I was, I mean, I was inspired by wakeboarders my entire childhood. I grew up, you know, watching wakeboarding all the time and trying to uh, maybe not mimic, but you know, trying to try and do what they do. And I mean, back then it was mainly wakeboarding, but eventually, as I grew up, I just I was into other things. And for, you know, I, I look up to a lot of now, like a lot of skateboarders and a lot of snowboarders, and you know, some some people I got to meet in person. And um, but I mean, I, it's not only in sports. You know, I, I can get inspired by. You know, any by other other people, other people have done great things, and but I mean, really, yeah. Right now, it's e- it's easier to be inspired by people that do things that are similar to to what I do. Like snowboarding, skateboarding is pretty similar. We're gonna pause right there to talk about one of my longtime supporters, Woodrow's. At this year's Surf Expo, Woodrow's released their all new line of 100% natural wood watches made from walnut, zebra, and ebony woods. These watches are the perfect blend between fashion and function, and I've been wearing and receiving compliments on my Westbrook Woodrow's watch for weeks now. Just like their sunglasses, my listeners can go to woodrows.com and use my promo code MANO, M-A-N-O, 30 for an extra 30% off their order. Check them out right now at woodrows.com. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E.com. Mano 30 for that 30% off. Now let's get back to the conversation with Malibu Boats pro team rider, Rafter Rome. I've been watching you ride yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I started announcing around 2005, and it was probably the next year that you. I already started seeing. I remember you. The one thing I always liked about you mm-hmm. was that you had a style unlike the other riders. You squatted down low yes, to your board right low. you had short board shorts short shorts you know in a time yeah. where everybody was wearing long board yeah. shorts and you you didn't ride in a way you you didn't ride in a way that you learned at ski school yeah, you yeah. know you go to you go to a wakeboard camp and the way that you yeah. were riding as a kid mm-hmm. any coach would have told you to yeah. stand up tall yeah exactly because the way i ride is it doesn't it doesn't work it's not supposed to work is obviously when you hit the wake you want to be you want to be standing tall you want to, you know, get a lot more pop off the way if you're standing tall than if you're in a two, like a deep squat. Like I'm sitting solo when I hit the wake, I don't have as much pop or whatever. And um, and a guy I was riding with, like his name is Mark Poirier. So my entire, from like 10 years old pretty much to 18 years old, Mark was always around me. He was like my, my, my older brother, my second older brother. And uh, or my third, because I consider Jonathan Ferguson, whoever I film with. I don't know if you've met him, but so Jonathan and Mark are like my second and third older brother. Um, 
but anyway, Mark Poirier um, was always telling me when I was writing, like, hey, stand, like, try to stand up a bit. And, but eventually he just kind of gave up and was like, oh, whatever, that's the way you do it. And it's pretty cool. But he was trying to, to just make me stand up at the wake. He was like, it's cool if you if you squat down when you ride, whatever, whatever that's the way you ride. But when you hit the wake, you got to be standing tall because it's not going to work. So I don't know. Um, who knows if I'm standing tall when I hit the wake now, but I remember him telling me that and yeah what's crazy is like what to me is watching so many riders Mm -hmm. who now ride with with your style so yeah i mean i I, like you were mentioning before you know growing up you 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 were following so many who were the guys that you looked up to as as a kid Mm -hmm. like what wakeboarders um chad sharp was one of my all-time idols really looked up to chad i love this style just because he was you know like fully committed in everything he was doing super aggressive and was it the wake stuff or the rail stuff that you liked about chad oh just chad in general i thought i just like whatever he represented and the fact that he was from canada maybe helped too um i like jd webb quite a bit too and eventually i thought um rathy was was pretty cool just the beast but i didn't really um look up to him because of you know his free riding or anything it was more about like because he was like trick for trick he was pretty amazing you know he was more of a yeah he was just a beast you know when he was like 18 19 like he's still he's still a beast but that's when I, I i met him you know okay and you okay so when you broke into wakeboarding or when i first started seeing you at like yeah. wakeboard contests you couldn't have been more than 13 or 14 no, years yeah, old the first time i probably competed on a big stage was nationals and i was probably 11 so I did like one event against like Jacob and Bob and these guys and boys and Julian Cohen and Julian Cohen was a prick to me. I just wanted to say it because I always mess up with him every time I see him. But um, yeah, so that was my first contest, 11. Okay, do you, I'm trying to remember like around what year it was and then because you had some pretty solid finishes in like junior men. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really good. I couldn't really put up, put runs together. But it, like I was kind of a hit or miss. So Oklahoma though, right? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Well, okay. So I'm trying to remember. At the nationals when I was 11, 12, I didn't do anything special. By nationals, you mean worlds, right? No, I did nationals when I was 11. That was like U.S. nationals. U.S. nationals, and I, I finished second, I think, and they took me off the podium or whatever because I wasn't you. I wasn't American. Um, but I think I finished second or or third, and then. Um, but anyway, I think at 14, I did the Worlds in Texas, and I won boys. And Harley was there, and Jacob, and Steele, and like didn't, that generation that's doing well today, pretty much we were all in boys. So that was my first really good result was boys. When I was 14, I won the world, and then I went in junior men when I was you know, 15, 16, 17. And didn't do good. Like I didn't do one good result but I got one good result at Worlds and when I was 16 in Oklahoma right. but I finished second and it was a super close call with Jimmy and I was pretty bummed I didn't win because it was like the only time I rode really well and I thought I won but didn't so that was a that was a heartbreaker okay well it seems to me like for a while there all of a sudden you started blowing up behind the boat and then yeah 18 and then all of a sudden you just 18 yeah. kind of disappeared yeah well I don't know if you're what like I don't know if you're when you say disappear if it's 19 years old or if it's way further down the line. So I don't know about which time you're talking here. 
because I got I, I left when I injured my elbow for a year, but then so I left for a little bit there. But if you want me to do a quick resume, if you want, I'll do a quick one. Yeah, let's hear it. So when I was 18 is when I had that breakout year. You're saying, like, I, I did really well. I won a junior pro tour. Eventually, like, I was starting to be able to put runs together. So I won a pro tour stop and um, did a few podiums, I think. And then I won weight the line and I won fees. So I was starting to, you know, be able to win cable events and win junior uh, boat events. So, um, and then I put up, like, one or two videos and... Uh, one rail rider of the year at, at the end of that year so it was like a really good breakout year and kind of made a name for myself and so that was great but at the end of that year I hurt my elbow and got you know that the nasty uh, I don't know if you know about that injury I got pretty much you know a little bit no uh, I mean I remember I know you hurt your elbow but I told I... the story so many times but I can go like really quickly I was 18 that's during my breakout year at the end of the year um I, I went winching and fell on my elbow, and it was really dirty water, super shallow. So I ruptured my tricep tendon, and it got infected. And so pretty much like for a year, for a year, I couldn't really ride and was in the hospital for like for three weeks. How and bad was it? It was. I mean, at first it wasn't so bad, but the infection got worse and worse. So I got three surgeries total, and. I was able to avoid, you know, getting my arm cut off because. Was that ever? I mean, yeah. At one point, it was. Let's open up that arm, see how it is. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to cut off your arm if it's that bad. But um, the infection wasn't in the elbow, like in the in the bone yet. It was around it. So, you know, if it was if it infected inside the bone, I was screwed. So got pretty lucky. And um, <clears throat> and yeah, so got three surgeries. So when I was after my breakout year for a year, I couldn't do anything. And then at 20 years old, I came back from my elbow, and that was like the best year I've ever had. 2012 was the the best year, and I I don't think I'll ever be able to do a better year than that. Couldn't have done better. Um, so 2012, let's just break down 2012. 2012, there was the Red Bull Wake Open. Uh, yeah, Red Bull Wake Open, and and, uh, and you and you took overall at that yeah, one. Yeah, I took overall at that one, and that was you know like I guess it pushed pushed my my name or whatever. Like it really helped me. Um, in the industry, and um, I just did really well at contests. I was, I was able to do really, really well. And but it wasn't some, really it, you weren't doing boat contests at that time. Um, you were mostly. Well, doing I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, I did the wake open portion, and probably did a few. You know, probably did wake games and wake open and a few. But um, yeah, but I did a lot more cable, and I, I was just able to compete a lot and win. The, all the events I entered, honestly, like, it was pretty crazy. I won like 10, probably like between 10 and 15 cable events I entered. And um, yeah, the, I, I didn't win the boat event, but I podium, which was kind of unexpected at that point. And just had the best season I could ever have and was able to put up that part at the end of the year with Jonathan. And um, it was at the Red Bull part? That was no, that one was the Pink Floyd song ah, okay. part. They called it Raf. So. Sure. Okay, and then, so you had that great year, yeah. and then it was uh, summer of 2013 yeah. where, like, nobody saw you. Yeah, exactly. So here, that's what it is. So after 2012, like, I just kind of did the best I could. I won Rider of the Year from Alliance and from Wakeboarding Mag and won Rail Rider and won Video of the Year and won everything, like, I could really win. And I won things I never expected I would win, and I kind of exceeded my own... Um, 
my own goals, you know, I, I did things I never thought I, I would do it if I would, I never thought I would do them now. I thought I'd do them further down the line. So, so it was like really cool and, you know, achieving your goals is really cool. But at some point I was like, so what's next here? Do I just go again, try to do the same thing? Like try to win 15 uh, cable events and try to win contests and maybe try to put up a little video part at the end of the year, just like I did. And obviously the answer wasn't yes, so I didn't do that just because it felt like I just, I'd rather like try something new, like have a new challenge and push myself in a new direction. Cause I just felt like I achieved that goal. Like I won, I won, you know, I, I did it. So there was no point for me to do it all over again. And that's why I have like a lot of respect sometimes for, for writers that are able to do that. Like, you know, Phil did that for a really long time and Harley and now Dowdy I think is on his way. But at the same time, like I really respect and look up these guys, but at the same time, it's sometimes I'm like, well, you guys could put your energy into something different and actually try to push the sport maybe, um, you know, further, like do either like video projects or, you know, try to, try to, I don't know, progress the sport and, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, it gets really, really repetitive is what I'm saying. Well, you obviously, we, we all obviously respect those guys yeah. as contest riders. Definitely. Yeah, that's but, what I mean. Like I look up, like there's a, a part of me that really look up to these guys for that, that I really respect, but it's obviously not something I want to do. So there's a part of me that's like, I couldn't do that. So, you know. But I mean, you still do contests. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do them just to be like... I mean, to make your sponsors happy. Yeah, I pretty much do them because I have to. Um, I feel like if I don't do them, I kind of, I mean, my, first of all, for boat, like Malibu wouldn't be happy if I just never do boat events. And at the same time, like, I think it's a good thing that they kind of, kind of force me to do it. And just because it, it keeps me updated, keeps me like in the industry, I see people and gets me the chance to, to ride and compete against others. Okay. Other well, let, let's just, let's just say Malibu was like, Raph, you don't have to come to a single boat event yeah and you can just do whatever you want yeah here's your paycheck yeah what would just, i do yeah what would you do in a, in a perfect world what i want is I, i'd want to have a, a budget to either you know have a filmer and have a crew and film because i feel like i don't know just for me i grew up being so inspired by all the video stuff you know so i i don't look up to any writers because they've won a lot of things. That's just the way I am. So whatever inspires me is whatever I love too, you know? If I'm inspired by video, it's because I love I love it and I want to do the same. You know what I mean? I, th I think that's what it is. I grew up seeing what I loved is what I want to do now. Because so, I've never been attracted to, uh, let's say, who was it back then that was winning everything? Like probably Darren or something or... Maybe I was a little younger for Darren, but maybe or maybe even Phil or I'm not what 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 really passionated me was the video parts like no one's ever going to forget Watson's part from Relentless, you know, like that old man part. You old probably man watched it. Uh, I don't even want to try to guess. It's really a lot of a lot of a lot of plays. So pretty much with all the support from my sponsors, I decided to put up like a, a budget and everything and set up like a video part and I wanted to film it over two years. And yeah, that's what I did for two years. For, so 2013, 2014 was mainly only 
only filming for that Beyond Perception Beyond Perception part with Red Bull, and uh, I think I did one or two contests during you know that that these two years, one or like two or three contests. But yeah, it was mainly just just wakeboarding and. I mean, but everybody was stoked when it was all said and done. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I mean, but there was these two years where people were freaking out, though. You know. When when it was all done and said, everyone was happy. Everyone was like, "Oh, cool! Like we're so stoked and everything." But before it came out, people weren't so happy. They're like, everyone's you know, like, "Ollie, where's your brother?" Well, that I mean, just my sponsors too. Like it was, I think it was hard for them sometimes not to see anything, and it was a long process. And but I think but in the end, everyone keep, was happy. You had to keep some of that stuff undercover too, right? Everything I kept undercover, and I kept it undercover, like too un too undercover. Like people didn't know enough about it. And you know there was there's always a way to do it where you show some teasers, show some stuff, but to me it was taken away from the from the final product, and I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. Okay, I was, well I think like a lot of times in wakeboarding, what happens, and you know I lived out on Clear Lake for a long time. Yeah. And you know you had like Ruck and Shane out there, and you yeah. know Clay Fletcher, and you know those guys they'd build a rail, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, before their part, before they even had an edit up, somebody else poached the rail and was getting photos yeah. and videos up, you know? Yeah, yeah it gets, uh, yeah. I mean, especially today, like in today's era with social media, like Instagram, it's it's crazy. Like a lot of kids like don't, don't are not able to wait and go through that process of filming a video part. As soon as it's, as soon as they get a trick, they put it on the web and it's a different, I guess it's a different way now to, you know, it's, a, it's just a new era. It's a new media. It's it's just different, and it's new mentalities too. But do people but, people don't have the patience to yeah. sit down and watch a video anymore? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But also, I don't think even the people putting the videos now don't have the patience to wait and do an actual video part. I think it goes both ways. Yeah. Well, it, like but, you said, it's it's just so tough now with the social media with yeah. everything. It's like okay, all of a sudden a new video comes out. Okay, yeah. okay, like Dog Days came out. Yeah, and. I mean, Dog Days was a was a yep. great movie. Yeah, but I mean, the reality is, is we had already been starting to see so many of the spots. You know, yep. like there there was only a few surprises, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, that's but that's where you got to find the line, I guess. But for me, it's like I'm. I guess I'm all or nothing, kind of. For me, I'd rather show nothing and have people being surprised and being really stoked. But at the same time, it doesn't really work so well on the business side because sponsors want, you know, they want to see the product out, not just when it's ready. They want to see like teasers and they want to, you know, you know what I mean? Sure. So, hey, so yeah. So let me ask you, okay, the ultimate wakeboard video. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, in this day and age, could mm-hmm. that could it even happen? Could could a full length feature film come out and yeah be awesome blow minds yeah for sure i don't even doubt it at all um i just think it takes you can't be by yourself anymore like i've done it with john and it was great we did two videos like we did two, more than two but like two our last two was the the two main ones we did and like it was great i think like for the time and and where wakeboarding was and everything it i think it, it you know it influenced some people and had had its impact and and it was great. Like we did the best we could for being two people, building rails together. Like only two people when you build like 15 uh, foot high walls and rails, it's, it takes a long time, a lot of a lot of work. And 
and and now there's no way two people can make something amazing. So I think what it takes is a crew of five, six guys that have the same mentality and have the same goals and that want to work together for you know the same the same goal. I think that's what it takes. But see, what you're saying is pointless. Yeah, exactly. What we need today is pointless. I mean, that's how skateboarding is. They have teams and they have crews and they go in a van and they skate and they film and they that's how that's how they make their movie. Okay, so let's just say you had a hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollar budget right yeah. now, yeah, and you could pick, let's just yeah. say, five guys. Yeah, who would it be to put together the ultimate wakeboard movie? Okay, well, we already started the ultimate movie, so I. This year, that's what I did. I maybe have 15 shots right now filmed, which is pretty good, I think, just because I didn't... So are you working on a movie yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm working on a movie right like now. Like a full feature. But no one knows. That's the thing. So I didn't like, oh, we're starting something. Well, they're going to know now. <laughs> well, now they're going to know, but no, I don't know. if I didn't put, it, put up anything yet, so I don't mind saying it, but um, I'm not going to show any footage. But yeah, so I've been maybe filmed 15 shots this year, but I'm pretty happy with 15 shots just because I didn't have a filmer, didn't have budget or anything. So. 15 shots of yourself. Yeah, but maybe, so I filmed with Rathy also. Rathy probably has, I don't know, between five and 10 shots. So this movie is you, Rathy. Me, Rathy, because Rathy's the, the filmer now. And that helps. I think it's the only way wayboarding can, it's the only way you can have a budget decent enough and survive and be able to do what you want because if you don't have a filmer you gotta have a, fil- a filmer full time and just his gear if, you know is, is valued at 50000 or something you know so you can't really have a filmer full time with you unless your budget is huge and I don't think we, we, we're able to get that in wakeboarding right now so having Rathy is huge for us because you know he rides and he films at the same time so it's super easy because all we need is help and riders Okay, so, so right yeah. now it's me, it's Rathi and uh, Felix, Georgie from Germany. So we went on a, on a trip together and uh, we, you know, that wind trip I was talking about. So we did like a seven to 10 days wind trip through the East Coast. So we left from Montreal and uh, it's, it was pretty cool that Felix flew from Germany just for that trip. And Rathi flew in from, from Florida for that this trip. This was like right after Jamboree, right? That was around there. It was in June, so... A little after, like a month after Jamboree. Um, so we did that, and I was able to film some shots with a local filmer, like a, um, from uh, from Koto Zulak. So we filmed, yeah, some spots, and Rathi did, did the same on his side. And I mean, that was just like the first trip to get it going and see, like, pump up some people, because I think once people have shots in the movie, they're pretty pumped and now they kind of see the product coming together and they want to get more shots and they want to be part of it and so this ultimate movie is you're talking about your movie now <laughs> well i mean it's going to be the ultimate you're- movie it's going to be me rathi felix and then i i can't that was just the first trip obviously we know who we want in it and some people can come in it but i don't want to make it too official but um dylan miller wasn't able to come but dylan miller dylan miller would be in it for sure um Kevin Henshaw, it would it would be cool to have him in the in the movie. He's kind and of like the veteran. Well, that too, but we just like yeah, I get along with Canadians really well. Like I was saying, I get along with Rathy and Henshaw and Dylan and um, and also um, 
who else? My first pick, if I had to choose, I remember what me and Rathy were. It's pretty much me and Rathy talking together and be like, hey, let's let's go film. Let's let's do that that movie, you know? So it's me and Rathy's movie right now, kind of. But I would like it that it becomes everyone's movie. I, I wouldn't want it to be me and Rathy's movie. I'd want it that it's everyone's movie and everyone's wanting to make it, you know, the, the their best part they can make. And my first pick for the movie was uh, Mitch Langfield, if I had to. But um, I'm going to talk to him. He's gonna he's coming at Expo, so it's going to be like asking out a girl, you know? Yeah. Hey, Mitch, do you want to be in the so movie? So it's just going to be... So <laughs> the ultimate movie, just the, the, those... You five or you Well, I mean, gonna... okay, so there's Mitch, and obviously it would be nice to have Ollie in the movie also. Um, it's hard to... To, to fully say who's in it because they have so who they don't know what's next next year maybe they have a, they got to do some contact contest or maybe they are already filming for their project of their own but that's the thing too it's hard because a lot of people want to film their own project sometimes um, but I don't know we'll see but yeah me, Rathi, Felix Nico, Kaysen Mitch Lingfield Ollie, Dylan, Henshaw all the potential names but I'm definitely not going to refuse anyone but it's gonna be park heavy but um no we definitely want to have some boat but it would be i mean we want boat riding in it i'll be riding a lot of boat and rathy and um mitch can kill it on the boat dylan would ride boat also but i'm sure we'll jd webb was one of the one we wanted in it too but i'm definitely like i'm saying it's not like a a blacklist and it's only these guys and no one else you know if any if any guys come up to me and be like hey i want to film a part like so bad I'm so motivated and it's my priority like I don't think I would turn him down you give you know. him a shot yeah for sure um, but I have my picks I have my favorites guys that I'd love to have in the in the movie for sure hey guys we're gonna take one more break so I can make a quick announcement about my friends over at Lead Wake Lead Wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wake boarders in mind. Lead Wake bags can be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed, these bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill water bags or move your friends around. Best part, Lead Wake bags ship free anywhere inside the USA. Find out more online at leadwake.com. Also, for the next month and a half, the Golden Mike Podcast and Jared over at Lead Wake are giving you the opportunity to win 500 pounds of Lead Wake bags free. Here's how to enter the contest. First, find Lead Wake on Facebook and like their page. Then send a direct message to me, Dano the Mano, through the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page with either a photo of or a verbal description of your jankiest ballast setup ever. This could be from any time, dating all the way back to the 90s. You'll have until November 14th to send in your submission. Myself and the team at Lead Wake will choose our favorite submission and announce the winner on the November 16th episode of the Golden Mike Podcast. The winner will receive 10 50-pound lead wake bags shipped to their front door. Don't miss out on this awesome opportunity. Submit now and keep those fingers crossed. Now let's get back at it with Rome right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. You know, earlier we were kind of talking a little bit about some of the guys you grew up watching. Like, mm-hmm. what, would, what would 
the ultimate film. Like, just thinking back to the old mm-hmm. days when you were a super fan, yeah. watching these guys, these guys yeah. that you looked up to, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you talk about Watson, like, what... And it doesn't have to be, you know, Watson now, but, yeah. you know, like Watson circa, you know, 05 yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. What what would that be? Well, I mean, I think Pointless was the ultimate movie already. Like, they they did it. To me, it's, like, pretty much still the best movie there is right are now. Are you like, still watching Pointless? Uh, it's been a while since I watched it. But, uh, I mean, oh, I watched it this spring. I watched it a few months ago, but... You got to grab it on, yeah, go, <laughs> go to Shane's house and grab a yeah. DVD of it. But, I, uh, yeah, I watch sometimes. Like, I, I watch Relentless and Pointless the most. I really like Relentless, um, but yeah, I think Pointless was the ultimate, ultimate guys. Just because they had the same goal and they weren't taking this uh, themselves too seriously, and they were just pushing the riding, pushing the riding and pushing the sport. Yeah, they were they were just cool. It was representing wayboarding the way it should be. It was perfect to me. Hey, so okay, so we're here in in Korea right now for a boat event, and earlier this year you showed up for another boat. You've only rode. This is the second boat event this year, um, for you, right? Uh, no, I did the Wake Games. You did. Oh, yeah. the Wake Open, the first event Wake of the Open, year. Sorry, yeah. Okay, but you you Third had one. some major success at the um, the first Malibu Evolution Pro yeah. Series event. You in uh, Reno yeah. and Sparks, yeah. Sparks Pro. You you came out, you qualified, yeah, and then you took a a win. How how do you think that impacted the other riders? Um, some riders were pretty stoked. Some weren't, I think. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I think some people weren't so stoked just because I just came back from that trip. So that winch trip was two days before. I came back from that trip two days before I flew for Reno. So I was in the van with Rathy and the guys. I was just like, man, I got that contest. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Rathy was like, oh, I'm sure you're going to be okay Raf. so I was like okay I got one day like training day so I got back home and I had that day and did two runs and two quick you know, 10 minute sets and was able to you know to do the tricks I would I was gonna do there you were ready and I guess one day is what I needed and then like I went there without any expectations and um and I guess I don't know I hadn't ridden in a while and I've been doing like most of these tricks for I mean, I did eight tricks each pass, but like maybe six tricks out of these eight tricks, I've been doing them for for a long time, and I know how to do them. And I guess it's just a matter of being focused and being, you know, concentrated. Standing up. I mean, yeah, I just needed to be like in the moment and be focused. And I guess from there, it's you don't need to be riding every day for that. Same thing for like I think of Bob. Like Bob's been the the pass Bob does. He's been doing it for a long time. Bob Sovin. Bob, but I mean, he can. If Bob can do his run if he wants, and even though he doesn't ride as much as most of the riders, I think right now, he can he can do his run even even though it's been three months. Give Bob a wakeboard, a good wake. He's gonna do his run. He doesn't and, even need and, a good wakeboard. And if he you know if he's focused and everything, he can podium or win or anything can happen. So yeah, really, I was just focused on doing my run, and it was enough to win. All right, hey Raph, right now in wakeboarding, I want to get your take, like the good and the bad. Like, what what do you think is like maybe like some of the bad points in the sport, and what do you think are like some of the positive points? <clears throat> um, I'm trying now not to be so judgmental because I, I think I really am, and sometimes I think pe- it scares people because I realize if I'm being too judgmental, sometimes people are not able to open up and be themselves. So I'm trying not to be so much like right or wrong, stuff like that. But um, so what do you think but, is like good? 
but good it's probably easier right now to say the good but good i mean like i was saying video parts i think it's needed but there's a way to do it also um but i think i think we need to inspire the next generation i, I feel like there's no one you can really look up to and relate to them and and really like because i mean that's what i was saying it's, I really respect the boat guys for whatever they do, like I was saying earlier, but let's say Harley Clifford or uh, Mike Dowdy, these guys are amazing. Like, But it's hard to relate to these guys because they're so good and they do like double back rolls. And if you're a kid, you look up to these guys, it's like, well, I'm never gonna be able to do that. And how can you really relate to them? It's kind of, but if you, you do a movie and you show like all the people interacting, a crew and kind of, pushing themselves and you see them fall and you see them laugh and you see, you know I feel like it's easier to relate and it's good to, to have it's good that the writers are doing crazy stuff but um, I think it's just really important that people can relate themselves you so brought personally up, you, also you brought up um, Dowdy and Harley a yeah. couple of times here yeah those guys are our boat riders. Mm-hmm. That's what they're known for. Yeah. What do you, What do you think would happen if they started focusing a little more on park? On park, that's a good question. I really don't know what would happen. Um, I think it's. I mean, they're really talented. So I think technically they could, if they trained for it, I think they could train and and win a lot of events. I'm sure. If they, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like a couple months and you're gonna win. I'm saying like if they. If they decide, like, hey, you know what, for two years I'm focused on cable, I'm sure, like, at the end of the two years, maybe they'll be able to win contests and do really well. But I'm not sure if it, it will necessarily, though, um, I think contest-wise they'll do good. I'm not saying video parts and all that stuff. They'll nec- it depends. I think a lot of it depends on your vision and what what's your background. You know what I mean? Like, if I think these guys are really good at competing and it's in them, like, they're competitors and... Um, I mean, I'm a competitor too, but I don't know how to say that. I just think they're, they're right now their focus is on competing. I don't think their focus right now is on, um, finding new, uh, path and trying to, I think that right now they're just really focused. And when you're focused, you try to narrow it down to one thing. So right now it's more narrow. I think they're looking on, you know, winning and being the best in contests while other riders. And I think a lot of Park riders are most of them are more focused. Um, it's like wider the way they're seeing. They're not really focused just on the winning or just on one thing. It's more like contests are secondary. It's like you know, let's let's build a rail today. Let's winch today. Let's film. Let's shoot. Let's have fun. Let's just go to the skate park today. Let's, a lot of guys are out there. It's like let's go learn this new trick so that yeah. no one can touch me at the next contest. Yeah. So I think I think it's just a different vision. I just think it's hard in park to if you're a contest oriented guy if you're not if yeah if if that's your main focus it's going to be hard let's say do a video part and and be creative and do new things and be able to inspire the next generation or inspire other people or just be able to be creative and push yourself dude i don't know where the 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 philosophical raft mm-hmm. came from that's it's uh it's 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 pretty pretty cool man <laughs> it's uh, i've always been like this well philosophy I, I, is my favorite class in school i guess i guess now you start opening it up a little bit more and yeah. we start chatting more and more it's, it's it's cool man i appreciate i appreciate it and i appreciate all the uh, yeah. truth and honesty that you've given me here all right 
Um, we're just about done here, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't look at my clock because I thought it was long. I'm yeah, sorry. No, we're cool. I just looked at the time because I didn't yeah. know what to do with my hands. We're we're but, good. Uh, I got one more thing, and yeah. pretty much anybody who listens to this podcast There's no rush knew that this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had both Tara Mikasich on the podcast before, and I had Ali on the podcast before, and yeah. I've had this conversation with them. Yeah. Uh, we were in Japan last year. Yeah. And you got punched in the face oh. by Tara. <laughs> Are we really going to talk about yeah. this? this, this is, uh. And this is going to be it, man. Here, pick that mic up and let's do it. I want to hear your side of the story. Okay. Well, I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. That's pretty much my side of the story. But anyway, we were in Japan eating shabu shabu. And, uh, which, which can you, for the people who which don't is know just shabu, uh, it's like a, ch- a Japanese fondue. So you put your raw meat into the the soup or whatever it cooks, and then you eat it. But a boiling we, broth. Yeah, but for some reason we decided to put all the raw meat in our pockets, and we left the restaurant. <laughs> and then we walked out of the restaurant. We started throwing raw meat at each other. But uh, Tara's vegan, and she doesn't like meat, and we all knew that. So we didn't throw we didn't throw any meat on Let her. Let me stop you there for one second. I'm a meat eater. Yeah. And I don't know that I would like raw meat being yeah. thrown at my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously that makes sense. But if you're vegan, it's the same feeling you have times ten, I'm guessing. Anyway, I'm walking um close to the hotel now. We pretty much finished throwing all these, all the meat and everything. But what's left is uh, a white towel in which we had put all the raw meat in. And that white towel is filled with blood of, of the meat. So it's pretty disgusting. So I don't know exactly what happens. I throw it on. I pretty much have the towel in my hands. And I'm walking close from Tara. And I'm walking. She's like, don't throw me that or whatever. I'm like, no, Tara, I wouldn't do that. So maybe that's what. Anyway, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep saying the story. I keep walking and I decide to put the 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 towel on Ollie's head, and then I start I start laughing or whatever. And as soon as he gets the towel, he, he throws it behind his head or whatever, and it lands on Tara. And Tara takes the towel and looks at me, and she thinks it's me. She's convinced it's me, so she looks at me, and then she starts like walking real really fast towards me and i'm just i have like my friends my 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 hands in front of me and i'm just like tara it's not me i swear it's not me stop it's not me and like as i'm like putting my hands in front of myself like trying to be nice to her she just smacked me like just a perfect punch like square right on the jaw just like the best punch textbook right on the jaw like closed fist closed fist and she's bigger than me stronger than me she just so I, have, I take the punch and I'm just like, whoa, what happened here? That was quick. And then as I start walking, I kind of see like stars. I'm like, whoa, she got me good. And I am, I'm just like, what happened? She's crazy. <laughs> I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> and then I just walk by her and I'm just like, whoa, you're crazy. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of the story. And there was a lot of drama over it, but really I, I, I didn't care. I was just like, whatever. And then Big Brother came in. And I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what happened. I didn't want to hear about it, but. Ali, but you guys are cool now? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't care. <laughs> How did it feel? Um, it, it didn't really hurt that bad, to be honest. It just went really quick. It was just like, Phew. But the next morning, it did hurt. Next morning, it hurt. I remember eating my cereals, and it hurt. It's kind of it's kind of like getting a shot, yeah. right? I mean, it was the first time I was getting punched. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd never been in a fight, so. My first fight is with Tara. I just never really responded, which sucks. But so who won, I Tara? It would have been really nice, you know. It would have been a. 
a good thing. Tara won. Easy knockout. First round. First punch. Well, I would never. I would never mess with her. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. You learned a lesson, right? Uh, what did I learn? That's the thing. Not to throw uh, bloody <laughs> towels. I, to Ollie. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, I guess. You see, I'm not fully over it yet. You see? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, well, wait. We're all here in Korea. Yeah. I think we're all going to dinner tonight, so maybe we'll do an intervention. Well, and... here it's, there's a lot of raw meat when we eat. I yeah. Korean barbecue, so I'm, i got to be careful here. Let's just make a deal this year and let's not take any raw meat, meat from yeah. the restaurant. It's going to bring back memories, really bad memories. Oh, come on. You, let's let's get over it, okay? Yeah, I got over it. Okay. <laughs> all right, hey, Rep. Uh, I, okay, any other projects coming up that you want to talk about before we get done here not really um you already kind of yeah opened that video project is the secret that you guys got from the podcast so i'm working on it new video part and we don't we didn't settle any deadline and that's really important to me i hate deadlines when you have sponsors sometimes deadlines you can't can't get away from from them you know and they're pretty stressful for all the crew so no deadlines we're gonna film we're gonna try to film the best stuff we can and whenever we feel it's done and ready and that everyone is happy with their part we'll um you know we'll release it and one thing i didn't say about the movie is um you know a lot of guys in it might be their last part you know Aaron Rathie is 28 and who knows how long he will be in the sport for how long his body will We'll be able to take it, and not just Rathy, but you know Henshaw, and a lot of riders are coming to a point where um, they don't have the chance to film video parts. Many times, like it doesn't happen so often, and I feel like um, they would love to finish their career on, you know, being happy and having a product and a video part that really represents them and kind of represents their whole career. So I think it's a goal of mine one day to be able to release a video part that's going to be the best of me and the best of whatever I've done. And if everyone's able to do that, you know, we're kind of coming up with the ultimate video and um, it would be like a nice uh, goodbye video for everyone, so. Um, but you yeah. got, you still got more in the tank, right? Well, we'll see. I mean, who who knows how long it's gonna take and who knows if I'm gonna get the chance to film again with, uh, you know, with a, a crew of guys. And we'll see because we don't know how media is going right now we don't know it, it seems like maybe it's not only going to be like instagram videos now for the future so right um no that's a goal of, a goal of ours and hopefully we can make it happen because right now we're we probably filmed about two percent of the movie so we got a long way to go a lot of things can happen cool man all right hey uh who helps you out any sponsors you want to uh yeah uh just yeah uh say thank you to all the sponsors that that's been supporting me for a really long time now. Um, so let's start. Uh, Malibu Boats, Liquid Forest Wakeboards, Billabong, VZ, Sessitech, Unit. Um, I think that's pretty much it. But just, yeah, thank you to everyone that's been supporting me. And uh, thanks to everyone that's uh, yeah, just, just supporting whatever I do and that are happy. Yeah, and another way for those guys to support you is by following your social stuff, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, you on there? I'm not the best on that uh, on social media, but Ollie's been uh, helping me quite a bit lately. He's been uh, my social media manager, so my social media is a little more interesting these days. So where are you at? Raph Derome. That's it. R A P H Derome. R A P H Derome. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, easy. Cool. Rap, thanks a ton, man. You're welcome. This is epic. I gonna be did it. I hate interviews, but I was able to do it. Yeah, this is going to be episode 50, dude. I'm stoked. 50. Yeah.
of the golden mic. <laughs> Thanks a ton, man. Yeah, you're welcome. CDEC Non-Skid Closed Cell EVA products offer safe and comfortable alternatives to molded-in non-skid paint-on textures and other marine traction products. Employee-owned and made in the USA, CDEC is UV-protected, non-absorbent foam, and features an innovative textured micro-dot surface for enhanced non-slip characteristics. CDEC offers hundreds of standard patterns for anything from kayaks and paddle boards to fishing boats, wake boats, and just about anything you can think of. Looking for something a bit more custom? SeaDeck can facilitate just about any idea you can think of. Check out SeaDeck.com for more info on everything SeaDeck. Again, that's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. GoPuck is a mountable, compact, durable, and portable rapid charging battery. The technology behind GoPuck started in the indie car racing industry, and now they're bringing their passion about light, fast, and powerful products to the world of action sports. GoPuck allows you to stay connected, capture priceless moments, and most importantly, enjoy mobile freedom. The GoPuck can hold up to five rapid charges. If you know me, you know I don't go anywhere without mine. GoPuck is available at Performance Ski and Surf or online at GoPuck.com. Use promo code MANO2016 for an extra 20% off at GoPuck.com. That's GoPuck.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. For a guy who doesn't talk much, I'd say we just had a pretty good conversation. Thank you to Raph for doing the podcast. I know it's a little out of his comfort zone, but it meant a lot to me, and I know he's a guy so many of you wanted to hear. Pretty solid episode for number 50, and uh, I'm stoked. Thanks a ton to all my listeners for supporting me all the way through this episode, and trust me when I say we have more to come. Guys, I know it's fall time, but I'm still cranking away with events. Coming up this weekend, September 23rd through the 25th, I'll be out on the West Coast with my friends at Boulder Boats for their customer regatta. It's going to be held at Pirate Cove Resort in Needles, California. Saturday, October 1st, I'll be in West Palm Beach, Florida for the Nautique U.S. Open of water skiing. The following week, October 7th, 8th, and 9th, we're in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, for the final stop of the 2016 Malibu Evolution Pro Series. We're capping the season off at the Malibu WWA Punta Cana Pro, which will include both boat and cable events. Rumor has it Travis Pastrana may also be in attendance celebrating a birthday, so that could be exciting. The following couple of weeks, I'm going to be working on some cool stuff with SeaDeck, and then I cap off October for the WWA Wake Park World Championships. That's going to be all the way around the world in the Philippines. Now, before I fully close out today's episode, I want you all to know I care about what you have to say. So please be in touch. You can email me anytime, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. One more thank you goes out to Rafter Rome. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to Sea Deck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, 
Woodrow, Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Hungry Boards, SUP, Malibu Boats, Logos That Pop, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake. I want to thank Jenna Hamill on the website and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Lomano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.